This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Material Is Your Business. It's great to be back on Mouth Media Network. And we are here at TexWorld at the Javits Center in New York City. And we're really excited to be here with Tim Hallett, the Director of Marketing for Cornet Digital. And these guys are doing something very different. It, we're not just talking about digital printing and custom digital printing. We're talking about what you want, when you want it. That's a time saver and a money saver and an earth saver. Want to know more? This is the show for you. And the show starts right now. Hi, I'm Tim Hallett, Director of Marketing for Cornet Digital North America. What I love about materials is the differences, the ability to do self-expression with multiple different types of materials that meets an individual's needs. It's not just about mass production, it's about the individual and what their desires are. And that's how Cornet plays into the market space. City. This is Material Is Your Business, a podcast covering the science, technology, and business of materials and manufacturing. Your hosts for this episode are Samantha Cortez, international consultant and founder of Samantha's Platform, Stephanie Benedetto, CEO and co-founder of Queen of Raw, and Rob Sanchez, business strategist and COO of Open Source Business. And now... Here are your hosts. Welcome, everyone. I'm Stephanie Benedetto. I'm joined by my co-host, Samantha Cortez. Hola. And Rob Sanchez. Hey, y'all. And we are excited today to be here at TexWorld with Tim Hallett, the Director of Marketing of Cornet Digital North America. Hi, Tim. Hi. Thank you for joining us. So we wanted to kind of get into it, but before we dive right in, want to know a little bit about who you are and what you do at Cornet. So I joined Cornet about four months ago as the Director of Marketing North America. Uh, it's really my job to make sure that the industry understands the full scope of what Cornet is able to offer, not just from a technology standpoint, but also from a business model standpoint. And what are you offering? <laughs> so we really focus on the digital printers, and we also manufacture our own inks. So it's really about being able to provide the full solution to our clients and have them be able to provide on-demand prints to their clients as well. So we're here at TexWorld, and I walked over to see your amazing printers, and there was like some magic smoke, although I know it's not smoke, bubbling, and this kind of wet process where what came out was beautiful. But can you tell us what it is that you guys are doing that's different? Sure. So one of the things that you saw with the machine was a humidification process. Our inks are all water-based as well as our pretreatment. So we don't have a system where it requires the shirts and the fabrics to be pretreated before printing. So you take the shirt from the box, load it onto the printer, and you load up your artwork and you're good to go. So it's a wet-on-wet, it's a patented process, so we're able to take it directly from the printer to the dryer, and you're able to put it in the box and launch it right away. And are you doing finished goods, not uh, the actual, like, where do you fall into the supply chain? 
So what we're doing is trying to modify the supply chain. So over 30% of uh, the brands that service this market are headquartered here in the United States. But only 2% are actually manufacturing in the United States. So your supply chain is significantly extended because you go from your design, then it has to go out to the manufacturer, and then it takes a while for it to come back. Whereas our process allows you to go from file to printed fabric immediately. So you can have those conversations that you have now, two months down the road, you can have them the same day. Mm -hmm. Amazing, and for the file that gets uploaded, are there particular software requirements and technical aspects that people need to know in order to be able to use your inks, your software, and go to that on-demand finished good? I think that overall, it's a little bit different than traditional screen printing because uh, when you pick the one color and the color is mixed, that's the color that you get. With digital printing, the color that you design with is the color that you get on the finished good. So if there are five reds in your design, there will be five reds in your print. So the only difference is that you have to think through not the, the separations that you have with traditional screen printing, but with just the file, pictures. You can take a picture, upload it, put it onto our system, and then have it on a t-shirt within minutes. Are you converting CMYK and RGB to the finished file, or do you have to process it a certain... There's a software called Ripping Software. Um, we don't provide Ripping Software, uh, so it depends on the, how the customer has already set up their workflow. Mm -hmm. But what that does is it sets the file right for the digital print. Mm -hmm. The industry here um, in the U.S., the only industry that did stay is the promotional items. So Carnate was a, a, a big part of it, and I remember those digital printers when they came a while back ago that you couldn't even print on black. And now I've passed by and there's so much new technology. Besides the digital printing, as in the t-shirts, as in the finished product that you're promoting here, I know you have like a roll to roll. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the products that you do carry? So from the digital printer capabilities, mm -hmm. we do offer what we call the light commercial, which is our Breeze product, all the way up to mass customization, which is our Vulcan product. Uh, that is really designed for printing on t-shirts. The Allegro is our roll-to-roll -roll solution. So we take out a lot of the traditional steps in the manufacturing process, like steaming, like drying multiple times, um, and actually put it all into one process, from the roll, through our printer, through the curing system, and you're done. So we're actually able to go straight to a cutting machine, and you're able to provide that in a more immediate of a nature. So you're really focusing on satisfying the point-and-click world that we now live in. It's, that's a really new technology because you used to have to print it, then take it to another machine to have it dried before you even put it onto, onto the, the, the process. So it's actually... And you couldn't even do it on dark garments, right? I think you yeah. guys were one of the pioneers who were able to do it on the darker garments. The darker garments, there are still several printers that struggle with that sharpness of the quality of the images. Mm -hmm. So the dark garments is something that we take a lot of pride in and the number of different substrates that we're able to print to. Obviously, with new technologies, there's always testing going on, but um, we're getting better and better every day, and we are always uh, have a full line of products in the shoot for launching in the future. 
Are there any fibers that your printers uh, don't work with? Do you have to be careful with like uh, certain synthetics or certain organics? How does that work right now? So synthetics uh, are very different. The dyes are usually set at a much lower temperature. So depending on the color of the dye really depends on, on the, the process in which it was dyed at. So the blues and the reds might be dyed at 250 degrees, while our curing systems are at 280 degrees or higher. So what will happen is the dye, the dye will actually loosen from the fiber and migrate into our ink. Mm -hmm. And that's where you see what we call dye migration. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can actually test different uh, types of substrates and materials and figure out where it is in the curing process that you want to set your temperature and your time. So it's a really a mix between our printer and the temperature and the time that the material is put into that, that drying system. Okay. So I understand the services that Cornet is offering. Is this that you're selling these machines and printers to companies? Are you selling the inks? Are you selling both? Or are you doing it yourself in-house for companies? So we manufacture the printers themselves. Right. We also manufacture the inks. One of the things that we are very proud of at Cornet is our eco-friendly ink system. It's water-based. And that was actually the smoke that you saw in the, the printer here at uh, the show. It was a humidification process. You don't want the print heads to actually clog, so we make sure that ink is constantly flowing on the print heads and that your, your image comes out nice and clean. I, I saw you, uh, I think it was four years ago, and um, when, I, when I first met Carnit um, down in, in Mesa, and um, it was, it, I, I loved the whole treatment, but I thought you guys were entering into the U.S. with a, um, with Hirsch. Did you enter with another corporation first, and then you guys decided to come independently? I just... So <laughs> the, the history of Cornet is a little bit uh, outside of my purview being four months old in the oh, company. <laughs> but uh, we actually have an office located just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. And uh, we partner with Hirsch as our distribution uh, partner okay. on the East Coast and on the West Coast. On the West Coast, okay. Mm -hmm. Why does this matter? What does, you know, what I, what I love about it is that it is so innovative and in the future, but for the customer-facing side, why should they care? What does this do? And I think some of the buzzwords that's jumped out from what we've been talking about is there's this time saver, there's this energy saver, there's a manpower saver here. What do those implications look like? And how are you delivering that message to your customers? This technology significantly impacts the supply chain. So from a roll-to-roll -roll perspective, you're able to go to, in the industry, other industries, we call it rapid prototyping. So now you can take your design and test your design in the same breath. Whereas in the t-shirt portion of the industry, you're able to satisfy smaller runs. You're seeing a migration of uh, the number of orders. They're not 100-piece orders, 500-piece orders, 1,000-piece orders anymore. They're 20-piece orders. And digital technology is, it enables you to answer those 20-piece orders, those 10-piece orders, and your cost stays flat. So you know what your cost position is, regardless of the number of colors or the number of prints. And that's where that differentiation takes place in the market space. Not only that, if you're a startup designer, you can just design five basic designs, make it in different colors, and just be creative on the printing process, and sense of doing different designs and elaborations onto the colors and... It, it used to be a design and sell type uh -huh. of model. Now it's sell and then design or yeah. print. 
So you don't have the supply that you're required to have. You don't have the stock. Mm -hmm. And this is able to keep a, a supply of, of stock and just sell what you've, or print what you've already sold. We were just talking with um, David Sasso from Bueller Yarns, and he was talking a little bit about the massive issue of oversupply inside of the uh, environment. I'm wondering if, if you could just talk through a little bit of how you're seeing shifts from your customers as far as how they produce and how they stock, and um, what you think that the future is going to look like. So, as with any other industry, you're always looking to reduce your inventory. And digital technology enables us to keep a lower inventory set and really answer the requirements of the market in the time that the market desires it. See, we're always trying to forecast what the market's going to want. And that forecasting process puts us at a high-risk situation where digital technology allows you to only stock what you think you're going to need from a base product standpoint. And your finished goods, you can actually design at the moment it's needed. That's where digital plays a significant role in this industry. Yeah, and we know everyone's talking about that kind of see now, buy now, and buy straight from the runway. Um, obviously, this has powerful implications in the fashion industry, but are there probably other industries where we could see this applying? And you guys, are you starting to work in other industries or look at other areas and crossovers? We are. I, there is such a significant impact that social media has had put on the, all of the industries, really. And Facebook and LinkedIn, they, they all have an impact on how we think and how we view things. So with digital technology, you're able to actually personalize and customize your uh, shirts, your uh, dresses, your whatever it is you might be selling. We've seen it printed on leather. We've seen it done on denim. So it really depends uh, on our customers' creativity and what mm -hmm. they want to do with the product versus uh, us telling them what they're supposed to do with it. How color fast is it on something like leather? Um, how, like, I, is there a, a loss of quality on something like that where it, it doesn't absorb in the same manner as a, a yarn? So all of the different substrates have different qualities. What we typically do is we work with whatever client is and, and we work with them on what their expectations are. Some of the macro trends of treatments on fabric don't exactly work well with a water-based ink product. So yeah. if it's a water-resistant uh, fabric, yeah. our inks are not going to set appropriately. Now you guys are top in the top of the game on um, on innovation and try to bring in the newest things out there. Have you guys considered uh, working into a little bit more research and technology and seeing what you can do onto the new technologies? Well, as a publicly held company, you can actually see our spend on R&D, and it is significant. <laughs> so uh, we spend a lot of time making sure that we're meeting the needs of the market space. And, you know, this is a newer technology. So we're learning with the market space. We had an expectation. We, we had a vision of how the market was moving. But those needs constantly change, and we need to change with that. And so we've invested heavily in making sure that our technology is meeting the next set of needs. Perfect. That's a great time to pause for a commercial break. We'll be back soon on Material Is Your Business right after this. Do you remember what we used to say about running? Oh, somebody bigger had to chase you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. I'm BJ Smith, and that's exactly how I felt about running most of my life. That was until one fall day in 2011. I was chasing my son in the backyard when... 
something had to change. This was the beginning of my journey to becoming a runner. One that would take me from couch to marathon in less than two years. Now I'm setting my sights higher. This is 16 Weeks, a new podcast from Mouth Media Network, following me on my journey to get into shape while keeping up my obligations at work and still being there for my family. And I'm not doing it alone. My name is Keith Smart. I won a silver medal in Beijing. I'm a sport and exercise psychologist at ECU. Coach athletes all over the world. I'll talk with experts about challenges all runners face, like figuring out how to make time to run, what to eat, and how to train. You got so dehydrated. Your heart rate went up and it felt like you were working so hard. Everything's trainable, whether it's run form, strength. That's all trainable, and so is our thinking. Subscribe now to 16 Weeks on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you find great podcasts. Together, we can do this. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. And hear all of our episodes on materialisyourbusiness.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. Welcome back to Material Is Your Business here at Text World with Tim Hallett, the Director of Marketing for Cornet Digital, doing some amazing things with digital printing. And on break, I know we were chatting. Samantha, you wanted to jump in? Yes. Um, in, in this type of industry and the printing or an embroidery, it's, the printing side as in printing on T-shirts, and, and it's very new for the U.S., I mean, for the past few years. How do you see yourself compared to other, other um, competitors or where do you see you stand? So I think that Cornet Digital has really positioned itself as the pioneer in this technology. And it's our job to educate the industry on how it fits in their existing business models. We're not here to replace existing technologies. We're here to supplement them so that they can optimize their own workflow and really make money for them. That's what Cornet is about. Who exactly is your customer for the machine? Are you um, like a promotional uh, client? Are you a manufacturer US-based that's looking to expand operations or are you a finished good product uh, where they're being created overseas, shipping in here and then doing final embellishments here? Where do you see yourself in that flow? So in the overall supply chain, we actually focused on everybody from the small uh, print shop to the promotional printer, the contract printers, to the brands. Um, Really, everybody is looking to react more quickly to their market space, and they see that digital technology is really the way to go. And it's how we integrate with their existing workflows that really make the difference. And being able to do over 7.5 million different colors on a single print is a significant option that they now have that they didn't before. Mm -hmm. It is incredible to have those kinds of options and choices. And I'm curious from the business side then, where do the price points fall in? And is it competitive what's out there? Is it more costly than other solutions for them, but they can get it in a time saver and a manpower saver so it works out in the end? How, how does the pricing work? So the cost per prints, that's one of the interesting things that I've seen in this particular market space. The data that's being used is not exactly taking into consideration the technology that we offer. So... The cost per print with digital is a flat line, whereas with traditional screen printing and traditional printing jobs, it will go up exponentially based on the number of screens. So your costs and your quantity really had an impact on whether you took the job or not. With digital technology, 
at a little bit over a dollar cost per prints. That's where we stand, and it's a flat line regardless of the number of colors that you print with. So you're able to really uh, plan for your jobs. Mm-hmm. And you're able to achieve that and that kind of diversity of choice because you also do your own inks, right? And can that you tell correct. us a little bit about them? I know it's very important. They're biodegradable. They're certified in the sustainable community. What does that mean and what are they? So the water-based inks, they're GOT certified. We meet the uh, all the standards for washability. Those are significant uh, interests for our client base. So um, we design our own inks. And we're always looking for that next generation of ink. Um, we have a lot of chemists on staff in our R&D section. So the inks come from Corneet. They go into Corneet system, and they really provide what the client base is looking for from both a vibrancy standpoint and a hand feel standpoint. Is there any ability, if somebody has a, a custom ink that they want to introduce into a system, is that possible? Or is it limited to Corneet inks, or is it uh, compatible with others? We have seen that the inks are compatible. However, in order to make sure that we warrant our process, we only warranty if they utilize corny inks. Mm-hmm. That, because we know how they interact with all of the hardware as well as the software. We know what the end product is going to be like. So uh, we're not saying, hey, you're only limited to our inks, but that is our recommendation because we really understand it. We own the entire process. We, have, we manufacture the, product, uh, the, the hardware and we manufacture the inks that go with it. So when you have the complete understanding of what the finished good is going to be like, then you really have something that you can stand behind. What I think is so interesting about color, and especially in the digital space, and this applies to whether you're in an e-commerce store or selling inks online, whatever you're doing, is what you see in one rendering visually on a computer screen can be so altered from what prints in a printer, arguably, and I wonder how, if any way, you guys are correcting for that, or whether it's just a testing process, and how can you match what you're seeing on a screen or different screens to what's there? So we offer a couple of different printers. Uh, Most of our printers are CMYK, but we also offer what we call the HEXA series, and that HEXA adds the RNG, so the red and green. So we've added 30% more uh, colors to the spectrum that's available. And uh, from a standpoint of um, the abilities for mimicking what you see on the screen, we have application specialists that will actually assist you with making sure you're hitting the right color spectrum. Because you can look at uh, PowerPoint, for example, on the screen versus what you see on your screen. Right. Mm-hmm. The two are often different. Yeah. And it, you can have that effect on printing depending on the substrate. So we help set up the profiles based on the materials that you're using. And we make sure that it meets your color requirements when we do the setup. So you're not Pantone color matching per se, but you're getting pretty darn close. We can get pretty close. (laughs) Gotcha. And the Hexa comes in different types of machines, or it's just a system? You can add the Hexa to our Storm system, our Storm platform. You can add it to our Avalanche. It comes standard in our Vulcan. um, And we are working on another set of inks for our Allegro that will significantly expand the color spectrums that we offer from the roll-to-roll as well. Oh, wow. We're looking to roll that out later this year. Yeah. How, how are the inks on the black working? Are you doing what uh, a lot of people used to do, like a white layer down and then a color on top of that or something like that? Um, how, how does this function? So with our integrated pretreatment process, we lay down the amount of pretreatment that's right for the garment. 
Then with the darker uh, garments, we'll lay down a white layer. And it depends on the vibrancy that you're looking for. You might put down one or two sets of white ink. Mm -hmm. uh, you go into our Vulcan technology, it's a one-pass technology, so depending on how much ink you want to put there, that uh, you set up in the profile. Mm -hmm. So we still put that white base. It really gives you that uh, vibrancy that you're looking for. But mm -hmm. we also have a discharge solution, which will take the dye out of the materials and then replace it with white and color, depending on what your design is. And um, does it? What's the hand feel afterwards after that process? Is it crisp? Is it uh, clean? Does it keep the cotton or whatever the substrate is? With the discharge, the hand feel is amazing. It's extremely soft and it meets the needs of that design. It the discharge is just like our existing prints. It will follow the design and only take out the dye from the area that you want colored. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the unique offerings that we have today. So to take a step back from the technical side of what you guys are doing, obviously we're here at TextWorld and we're seeing your machines in person with these live demonstrations. I know you're speaking here. What does it mean to you and to Cornette to be here and to connect with the community here? Why here? I think that this gives us a significant platform to really change the amount of education that we're offering to the market space. We have to educate our clients based on the technology that we're offering because it is different. It does change their supply chain. So the more that we're able to explain what we're doing and how to do it, the better off the market space is going to be. We're really here to help the client make money. That's what we're all here for. So to be able to show them the capabilities of the machines, the responsiveness of the machines, that's where we make the difference. And in what you're doing, have there been any either um, challenges or hardships or things the business didn't anticipate that they have to overcome that uh, you've been able to overcome or are working through that maybe isn't apparent? I think that early adopters of the technology really kind of gave the digital world a, a bad name. But as with any early adopter, um, you really learn as you go. So we set up the design in a laboratory setting, and the expectation was to be able to move the machine from, from that setting to a production setting. And as with any sensitive electronics, it can't handle the amount of lint and things that people usually put in the air. So uh, just like just stick your DVD player in a small little box and see what happens, right? <laughs> and so um, I think it, it's also educating the clients on how and where to use our systems in the environment that's going to be optimum for them as well. So we've really addressed that over time. Uh, I think that the Cornet that you've run into over the last two years is significantly different than the Cornet you met four years ago. You just gave me a flashback on one of my production pieces, did a whole big production piece, but I didn't realize there was printing machines next to it, and all these wedding dresses, the bottom part was all stained. <laughs> I had to redo everything. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, company, yeah. you, you walk into a traditional manufacturing facility today, and they don't take into consideration the impact that putting a sensitive piece of electronics in might have, and Absolutely. then they expect yeah. it to work as if it was the old-style technology. Absolutely. That's not how it works. Yeah. Are you expecting this to um, ever be back of shop in stores? Um, ver or is this production, housing, um, what's the idea there? Yeah. I think that overall, the customization is going to be spread across all different types of industries, from retailers through you know, distribution shops of large brands. Um, 
it's something that uh, somebody can, I mean, look at Walgreens and the printing that you, you can do now. You know, yeah. you can walk in and you can put your picture on a coffee mug. And that might be something that uh, may happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Like hats, look how how quickly they developed and they expanded. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. Like you go in, you get a custom, yeah. custom embroidery made. job. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's a really... It's, really good technology to react to instantaneously to what's going on in the market space. For example, the World Series wins of the Chicago Cups. Yeah. They didn't have pre-printed shirts this time. They reacted after the win. They yeah. spent a lot of time printing those shirts, but they did not have to have the inventory pre-made and throw away half of what they designed. Well, now that Ethiopia and, and a couple other countries in Africa are banning imports of uh, of the World Series and and the other leftover waste. I mean, that's <laughs> you got to think about what that what's happening with that supply chain. So that makes sense. It's, so yeah. now you can react to something like that more uh, cost effectively. So really, that's where this technology plays a significant role. Yes, you might have a order of sixty five thousand units, but now you don't have to pre print them. Print them. This this technology really lends itself not only to um, streamlining the value chain, but the mass customization that you see from a macro trend standpoint, the reactions that you have on social media, the the ability to be not only personalized, but also I can fit in with the rest of the crowd at the same time, but yeah. still be me. And iterate and react in real time to a political situation or a you know social situation it is powerful. I wonder what the what is the timing of the printing process? How long does it actually take for certain designs to, to lay right? I think that that's a very significant question because when you compare digital technologies, the timing will depend on the size of the the image that you're printing. So our printing process uh, on typically an A4 design, we can do up to over 200 shirts an hour. It depends with our Vulcan system. So it equates to almost a million shirts per year. And how big can you go with the design on your current printers? Or are you, and are you looking to go bigger? We're always looking to adjust uh, the designs. Uh, we are working on large pallets for fabrics on our DTG printers. We're also looking at the right size for the market space. So we work with uh, our client base, we listen to our customers, and we're really trying to design it to optimize time and size. So it really depends on the system that you go with. How small can you go with the printer, like the current printer? So the, the printers that you have, you can actually resize the logo to be the size that goes on a pocket. Mm-hmm. So, and that will significantly change the print time but then it can also be the full size of uh, front of a t-shirt. Going back to the uh, machine, as a company, would you customize to a certain corporation if they want to buy one or two machines, or not really? Um, I don't. I think our technology is versatile enough to meet their needs. I don't okay. think it's something that we have to modify to meet their expectations. Mm-hmm. What we offer our different pallets within the accessories to meet that need, and we'll work with them for the pallets and, and things like that to meet whatever they're, they happen to be doing. Put a nice Target paint job on it with a little <laughs> flames on the side. Well, the thing is that sometimes the companies ask, like, they want a bigger field on embroidery, I mean, on on, on printing. And, and the machine companies, some will do and expand their field, and some won't. So that's where I was getting into the question. <laughs> uh, the extra large shirts only go so big. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a good time for a quick break. Back soon on Material Is Your Business right after this. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Rako. I'm one of the hosts of Fashion Is Your Business, another great show on Mouth Media Network. If you like the podcast you're listening to, Material Is Your Business, then I bet you're going to love Fashion Is Your Business, which intersects fashion, technology, and innovation, and also American Fashion Podcast, which Harper's Bazaar calls for the true fashion nerd at heart. Both shows and a whole bunch of other great podcasts are all available at MouthMediaNetwork.com. And when you do listen, let us know you heard about them on Material Is Your Business. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. Hey guys, we're back with Material Is Your Business. We're here with Tim Hallett, the Director of Marketing for Cornet Digital. And it's time for our favorite segment. And now, it's Remnants. Remnants, that's right. The kind of burning questions that we didn't get out to get to know you personally a little bit better. Um, And who wants to go first? Go ahead, Samantha. Besides your day-to-day business, what do you like to do on your personal time off? Well, I happen to have three kids, so my personal time off is all about servicing the family and taking care of the house. So uh, I like to remodel a little bit and play a little bit in in that realm. So uh, I busy myself around my house quite a bit. Do you paint it at all? (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) My wife does more of the painting. but. All right, I'll go next. Um, So as you look kind of back at your career and where you are now, any person personally to you or out there that's been a source of inspiration or a real driver of what you do and what drives you? That's a good question. I don't think I have anybody in particular. I think that um, I have a little military in my background, so I'm really passionate about what I do. It's an extension of who I am. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it 110% or I'm not going to do it at all. And it really comes to fact, I like to explain things to people like, I'm just a dumb marketing guy. So if you can get me to understand it, then it's my job to make sure I tell the story right on the other side. And I really have positioned myself to educate people on very technical products. And Cornet is a great fit because it's a technical process that really drums down to being able to provide a finished good t-shirt in a timely manner, in a very cost-effective manner. And that's how I fit. Awesome. And Rob? Um, Going back to childhood, I'd love to hear an example of something where um, you basically were given a task or given something to accomplish with no idea of how to get it done and how you went about solving that. Oh, geez. I think that's... That happens so often, no matter what. (laughs) I don't even have to go to childhood, right? But uh, I think that when you run uh, across a task that is a little bit beyond your current capabilities, it's your job to go out and find somebody that's good at it and research it and then work together to kind of bring you up in your capabilities. I've done a lot of research, a lot of reading. One thing that I've come to understand because I've played in so many different market spaces is that uh, the, the amount of knowledge I have is actually nothing. 
There is so much to know out there, and I think that that's also where I fit with Cornet Digital. It's about educating. It's about making sure that we provide the right information to the clients so that they understand what's going on in the business world, as well as how to integrate our technology. And it, it comes across so clearly when you sit and think about plastics, when you think about automotive, all these different areas that have specialists, really, you know, our little bit of information is very insignificant in the big scheme of things. So as a kid, what was the first time you remembered uh, going out, researching, and coming up with something? Oh, geez. Um, good question. <laughs> I think the first time I remember uh, figuring that out was uh, really as a senior in high school. So they wanted to change where we were having our graduation from where it was held traditionally, and, and we really didn't know how to make that uh, adjustment. So we had to go and work with uh, the teachers' conference and kind of fight for what we wanted. And uh, we not only had to figure out who was making the decisions and why they were making the decisions, but we also had to figure out how to tell our story appropriately. I mean, there was a lot more previous to that, but I think that's the most telling effect yeah. of what I had to do from a public speaking standpoint as well as telling the right story to the right people at the right time. <laughs> Excellent. Can you give us maybe a final thought as you reflect back on either this interview or your experience at Cornet or your personal and professional life? Any message to leave our listeners with? I think that what Cornet Digital is doing in the market space is just a tremendous. The technologies that we're offering and the constant changes that we're bringing to the market space, it is a technology to watch. And really, uh, it's about making sure that we're educating our clients on how to best utilize this technology. It's not like something that you can just put in the back of your credenza and hook up your printer and your printing. This is something that you want to make sure is right for your business model. And it's up to us to make sure that we educate them appropriately. How can people get in touch with you in the business to get that education? So visit our website at www.cornet.com or send me an email directly. It's tim.hallett at cornet.com. Thank you so much, Tim. It was great having you. And thank you all for listening and for Samantha Cortez. Adios. And for Rob Sanchez. Good night, y'all. I'm Stephanie Benedetto. Go change the world, everyone. We'll see you next time on Material Is Your Business. This has been Material Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at materialisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, materialisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.